I'm Douglas Brush, and you're listening to Cybersecurity Interviews. Cybersecurity Interviews is the weekly podcast dedicated to digging into the minds of the influencers, thought leaders, and individuals who shape the cybersecurity industry. I discover what motivates them, explore their journey in cybersecurity, and discuss where they think the industry is going. The show lets listeners learn from the experts' stories and hear their opinions on what works and doesn't in cybersecurity. Welcome to Cybersecurity Interviews. It's back. After a long hiatus and a lot going on in my life, I am bringing back the podcast. In order to do so, I brought my good friend and colleague and data privacy and cybersecurity person of interest, Dan Ayala, to interview me. So over the next few episodes, we'll discuss where I've been in the past 18 months, what I'm doing now, and where I think this industry is going, and why I plan to leave it within the next seven years. Speaking of other fields, you, know, you also have started over the past number of years playing in some adjacent fields to information security, like privacy and legal. Why those? Because I always have. You know, you go back to when did I know? I mean, to me, it was supporting this stuff. Even when I was doing more of the IT-focused services in the early 2000s, you know, my hard shift was around 2008. I sat there and watched... It was, I say funny, but as Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons say, it's funny, but it's not ha-ha funny. Um, <laughs> quote that way too much. But it was, you know, I had fought with external and internal auditors of Merrill Lynch about the set of event products and services I was offering. You know, I basically would drop into, you know, behind enemy lines, so to speak, but I would go into conference spaces in New York City, all over the world, and set up secure networks so people can work and so we can support the transmission of content for investment banking and all these things. And they were, why can't our internal IT people do this? Why can't, you know, who's really actually a the subcontractor and that uh, the internal IT people are like, uh, no, we have eight to five. Like we, we do help this or we're not doing this or long-term project plan. What Doug does is unique. And they're like, well, we, we, we want to examine the cost. So it goes to this 18 month, you know, audit. And it was September of 2008 they said, you know what? Wow, nobody else can do this. You provide such incredible value. You have the green light going forward. And five days later, they were gone. I mean, literally, I sat there watching the ticker on CNBC that, that Monday morning. It was, you know, uh, Merrill Lynch is, is done. You know, and my, my livelihood was gone. I was like, all right. Again, one of those moments where I had to kind of step back and I was going to get married in a couple of weeks. We got married came back from the honeymoon. I was like, what am I going to do next? Very fortunate, again, um, to be at the right place at the right time. A gentleman, Rob Sanderson, who, amazing audio forensics guy, used to support his network doing all the AV, if you remember Avid. What an absolute, I see you nodding, because I know you know how fun it was that if you accidentally updated it, you had to blow out everything. and All your plugins would stop working, yes. Dude, (laughs) shaking my fist. Kids today do not understand. Like the, the delicacy of early lands and updating and like all this stuff. So he, since I did such a great job with his, his video networks, when he was doing corporate video stuff, he's got an AV forensic said, look, I got a case that I'm working on. I, something's not right about it. 
I think it's on the computer side. I have the video, but I need you to come and look at the video timestamping, make sure it's right. And I was like, okay. It's like, it's, it's an investigation for this big uh, litigation in the federal courts. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm kind of like exploring what I want to do now. And I, I really wanted to get back into cybersecurity at this point because this is, that was where I was going from about 2005 on. I was like, screw it. I'm going to be a hacker when I grow up. And you know, that's really what, where I was going to go. And so he calls me up and out of the blue and sure enough, I do this forensic investigation on computer, find out that the timestamps on the video were off because the bios had never been synced or updated. And mm-hmm. because of the way these quartz crystals time slip, um, it, it was off and everybody just assumed again, you know, this, well, the computer said so that the timestamps were right. And 16 experts on either side were like, well, we're basing all our reports on, on this, timestamp information. I was like, yeah, it's completely wrong. I got deposed on the matter. It, uh, it ended up, I ended up not getting deposed in trial, but it was really like this fun experience. And it brought me back to that hacker roots of pulling things apart, questioning things. And that's when I launched the digital forensic group in New York city in 2008. And, uh, you know, this is the rest is history. And it's really kind of set this trajectory where everything I've approached is a problem that I'm trying to solve. And again, whether it's a litigation, whether it's a privacy problem, whether it's a data breach, whether it's whatever it is, some proverbial shit hits the fan and people need to know what happened, what data is involved, who potentially had access to it, what's going on. Give us some visibility because that's a box over there with a hard drive and memory and it's connected to this. I don't understand. What I need to do is tell a story about what's going on. And for me, that's where, again, coming from corporate communications experts, I'm so incredibly lucky, I knew it's like, okay, I got to tell a story with the technology, but not necessarily about technology, but with it. And so I was able to really kind of get into this mindset early on is I didn't care if it was litigation. I didn't care what the problem was that was impacting the business. I wanted to solve it. And so I've been able to kind of be, as Alex Woods constantly calls me, and Alex Wood from uh, Colorado Security and now at Uplight, he constantly calls me a polymath. He loves that word. He's not going to cringe when he hears this because he loves the word polymath. So polymath, Alex. He loves polymath as much as you hear love being called the yeah. Doug show. So that's true. We can also we can look at Rob Reck going on AI. <laughs> all, all of us. But anyway, so, you know, but he, you know, we, we were, again, I had this kind of this ability to learn about things and be kind of a discipline in a lot of areas because, when I sat there and I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, it's like the amount of achievements I've had in data breach, privacy, CISO work, litigation as a special match. Like most people don't get to do one of those. And I've been able, and, and to me, it wasn't, I'd like to think I'm special, but I think it was more in the mindset that what are we trying to do? What's the community? What's the story? And I've been, it's, I've been doing this all for so long. And consultancies, you know, if you look at, the first the last 20 years was, oh, we silo those. Well, we don't want to step on somebody else's toes that's running that division that name a big 16 consultancy because that's their revenue. So that's going to be e-discovery over there. Data breach is going to be over here. We're going to do privacy over here. I'm like, uh, the business doesn't give a shit what you call it. It's data. It has risk. It needs to be protected. And when bad things happen, we need to explain why it happened. Or when people come knocking at the door from a government regulatory, do we have what we have? And that's the thing is the longer you take to respond to something, whether it's a government inquiry, uh, a litigation, a data breach, the worst things are going to be. And so for me, it's, it's, I don't care what it is. (laughs) I I just want to, I want to help companies and individuals and organizations 
get through their this this worst day of their life when I've seen a thousand of them. You know, it's gonna be a really bad day for them. I want to help them get through it so they can get back to their wife and kids. I mean, that's or, or family or whoever. You know, it's just I. To me, that's the mindset. I don't look at it as these are completely different disciplines. They're all the same in my mind. Yeah, and I think that um, within organizations, though, you mentioned about in the consulting world, and the consulting world is obviously you know revenue driven uh, separations. But inside the organization, inside the organization itself, there are those same striations or have been between legal oh, and IT and information security and compliance. But I've seen at least, you know, I spend most of my day with. My general counsel, as a you know, as, the, as someone who owns security and privacy and compliance, my general counsel and I spend endless amounts of time together, which I've found to be a really great relationship. But I'm all, I'm curious. I guess are, are you seeing these things all merging organizationally? Even if, if are people finally starting to let themselves admit that they're coming together organizationally, or should be? Absolutely, um, and I think it's been happening a long time. And again, it's where I, I've been saying the emperor has no clothes for so long is that this has been happening. Again, I don't define it that way. And then when I got into organizations, particularly doing the CISO work, I mean, those are all the folks I would talk to. And I was like, what's your problem? What are you facing? And then I would kind of do this meta-analysis. Like, you know, you guys are all saying the same issues or seeing the same issues, have the same concerns, same, you know, but you're just defining it differently or maybe you have the context of your language different, but okay, then that's, that's just a translation problem. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also the, I would say traditionally, it's been very easy to leave cybersecurity as an IT function. And, you know, the CISOs that I know are, you know, chief information security officers, but that's a small C. They're not at the same parity levels as CFO or CEO or CEO. So it's been this abdicated role because nobody else wants to touch it. And somebody who's grown up as an IT person is shot out now thrust into doing this business function with no support or training. It's real, it's, it kind of sucks. And I think it's starting to change because where, where I hope it's going is that this is all coming down to governance, data governance and um, overall governance of the organization. That is a board level function. That's a C-suite function. Most, and it, you can Google this, you know, but people don't, I LinkedIn fight with people about this constantly. It's like, Look at your traditional way that an organization set up with your, you know, just your wireframe of a C-suite. The CFO owns organizational risk, the finance department, shared with the GC. Why the fuck are we putting cybersecurity in an IT function? IT is a business enabler. It helps people do their jobs. It is not a risk management function, nor should it be. Many of the components that we look at have technology functions, but it's people, process, and technology. We have to understand how the dollar comes in from the first time a customer has an impression of that brand all the way to the balance sheet. We have to protect and mitigate the risks around that financial those financial transactions as they occur because there's a lot of changing hands. And organizations have to understand that, that it's, it, you've got to put these pieces together. I mean, it's, it's not these disparate functions. It's a part of a process, and you have to secure the process, and we're seeing where the process has choke points, single points of failures and, and, and you know, just parts where it's just everything's going off the rails. There just hasn't been any kind of transparency or accountability in that. There's been none. Who gets fired in the big breaches you read about? CISOs, CIOs, maybe the CTO? No, not the CEO. Maybe sometimes now there's been some fines, but until this, the, the, the top level executives are held accountable, that's not going to change, but it is starting to change. We're seeing new SEC guidelines, I think, when you're looking at the state levels 
of some of these privacy guidelines. We're certainly seeing it with the GDPR enforcement. They're not saying these are IT or cyber problems. They're saying these are privacy functions that's happening because of governance problems that's owned by the top levels of the organization. There's going to be more of a push in that. And then when people's jobs, assets, and you know, wallets are on the line, all of a sudden they're going to start listening more. They're going to listen more, but it still goes back to what I was saying before, is we need to start talking in better terms too. You know, this is this is a defining moment for the industry to stop our bullshit, stop thinking that, you know, this is, again, like I said, we talk in dollars and cents, not just bits and bytes. Like we really have, they're, they're, they're at an opportunity where we can work with them and not against them and not be adversarial. Like stop everybody throwing each other under the bus. It's not a zero sum game. We're in this together. How do we enable the business? How do we protect these people at the top level with things they don't understand about this organizational data governance and help them understand that, hey, look, you know, there's risk around this data, but there's also value. And how do you value this data? And, and what are you doing around these business functions? I think that's our opportunity now. And cybersecurity, as I look at it, it's dead. It should be dead. Just the way it's been. I think it's going to evolve and change. And we're going to get into a much different era than we've ever seen because of the way that the, the governance is coming in. And quite frankly, the market changes. There's too many small players doing the same things. I don't need another 30 IAM solutions or two-factor authors. There's too many of them. There's too many of these cybersecurity function-ish things that exist that are just creating more confusion and friction than allowing users to do their job. So there's going to be a massive consolidation on that on the products and services side. And cybersecurity, as we know it, is going to have to go through a, a evolutionary or a revolutionary shift uh, like we've never seen before in the next few years. Level set the listener, Doug. What's the difference between cybersecurity and information security? Um. For me, it's the amount of clicks I get for cybersecurity. I get way more than information. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they they can certainly be be interchangeable, you know, and and I'm personally trying to get away from those terms and thinking of things in data protection and data governance. The end of the day, and again, there's there's a lot of people that are going to clutch their pearls. I can hear in the future that the, the monocles popping out of so many cybersecurity thought leaders and experts, now I'm using the air quotes, eyes that, you know, there's going to be more breaches. There's going to be more security incidents. Shit is going to happen. Get over it. Mm -hmm. Stop thinking we're going to stop these things. We're not. It's resiliency. It's how you adapt and overcome. But in part of that is nobody, I'm making an absolute statement. That's not true. But it's very rarely do you see fines uh, and breach notification over an infrastructure breach, meaning somebody pops a system and you can say relatively with certainty that no data was out inappropriately. Let me see the words inappropriately accessed, viewed, or taken. You forgot your security is very important to us. For which one? You forgot your security oh, yes. is very important to us. Well, I was going to say <laughs> we have identified a security incident environment. Data security and your privacy is very important to us. We've determined through our forensic investigation that none of your data was taken, improperly accessed. Or what was the third one? A highly Dude, skilled, anyway. highly skilled and intricate or <laughs> attack. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. However, uh, we are going to assign you up for one year of credit memory gaming. Um, but which attackers, by the way, they love that because attackers are like, oh, man, I only have one year. Oh, well, I'm not going to wait till the 13th month and abuse this. No. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole nother rant. But uh, no, I, it's ideas like we, it, we, it's the data. It's the data, stupid. Um, you need to protect the data. You need to understand when we say the crown jewels, it's the 
I think too much in the lens of IT. It's, it's the data. What data do you have? How it's being used? Who's accessing it? How it's being disposed of? What's the data lifecycle governance? Start there, build around it. That's really where this has gone. It's going to be less cybersecurity, less information governance, uh, information security, more data governance. Because that's where it should be. It's, it's stop breaking it up. Like start there. What do you have? What's risky? You know, what's toxic? Some of that toxic stuff is probably, you know, the secret sauce. But I guarantee you there's like 80% of it that's out there that's on data sprawl and areas that you either don't need or you're not using. <coughs> Marketing databases, um, you know, that will get popped and that you, you're going to have to sit there and end up doing breach notification. Why do you have that? And so I think, you know, understanding your, where your, your weaknesses are from financial, reputational, and legal risk um, and where those vulnerabilities lie to the balance sheet because you have data that has little value. Yeah. Data storage is cheap, but what's the risk? And people just aren't doing those assessments like they should or ever. And that's where the industry is going to be going. Now, I'd argue that, uh, no offense to the name of this here very podcast, um, that the term cyber relegates uh, the tech, relegates the work being done to the technology propeller head zone, which is exactly the thing we're trying to get out of. Cyber indicates technology and IT and things related to the tech of security. But boy, it's a much bigger topic than and look, I, I, I say I abuse that term. I know it gets attention. I think people should, but I hope more people are like us and are saying, okay, now that we got your attention, let me tell you what we really think. Um, this is clickbait, you know, by using those terminology, right? Trust me. I, I probably own information security interviews back on Dragon Ball. Dan, you and I talk about, I just bought two more domains last night. It's too easy. Stop before you buy again. Okay. I have a problem. And I'm glad that you were able to listen to me today about my domains. Hi, my name is Dan um, Ayala, and I own far too many domains. I, look, I was just looking at it yesterday. I was like, because I bought, again, two more. I was like, fuck, why do I own this again? I thought that was a really funny, cool idea when I had two Manhattans like a year ago. Well, that's only nine bucks to renew. And there's, I, I have at least a dozen of them. I just keep renewing them. I don't know why. But I, I did actually just buy a new one for some of the community stuff I'm building and some of the new work I'm doing with Special Master I actually feel less good. I actually set up the Wix site and the domain and bought with Azure and DNS records for far too long. I just don't buy it, but at least I'm using this one. Long story short is, uh, yeah, no, I I know I I bring attention to that word for uh, while hating it at the same time. So recently you made a declaration to me, to the world, about your departure from the world of information security, the world of cybersecurity. I'm done with this. I'm leaving the field what what first of all i guess start with how a little bit how how that came to be and you know when did you start thinking that and what drove the thinking toward uh, i'm done with this space i think because i've come as this to me i was always an outsider and this goes back to why i even started the podcast right it's that my imposter syndrome i don't belong here um I didn't have formal training in this. It was actually funny, you know, doing digital forensics in New York City, speaking at all three of the colleges that had graduate programs for cybersecurity. Um, I, they would say, hey, would you want to teach us? Sure. They go, wait a minute, you, you don't have a degree. I was like, no. I was like, but you're, you want me to teach the material that I've developed and stuff like you're, you're referencing it in your classes, like stuff I've done. Yeah, but you don't have a degree. And as you know, coming from academia, that's that's the kill people. The death now. So I was like, yeah. So I was like, this is stupid. Um, okay. So and again, this goes in a whole other thing we were talking about. You know, 
why the industry needed to change is that mentality. By the time people came out of three-year programs, their skills were not developed, um, and most of the stuff they knew was, was wrong. But to be so fair, there, ways to do that. at the time that we came into the field, there was no training. There was right. no information security degree in 1992. But there also wasn't information security vendors. You know, True. We, look, it, would you, is Cisco a routing switch and firewall company or is it a cybersecurity company now? No that offense. depends on who you ask. I have a lot of friends at Union 42. So. I, live in, no, I, I live in a town that's all, well, Cisco security arm. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it, shout it, out to duo, shout yeah. out to our boys, Doug song up in the house. No, but it's, it's, yeah, no, it's, it became very funny for me or very interesting for me as I saw these companies that I grew up doing network infrastructure stuff suddenly showing up at a bar RSA talking about security. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so am I in security now because I was doing, I'm a, I'm a network engineer. Is that, is that like, do I just call, do I, oh, I'm cyber, cyber Doug. Cool. Can I go to RSA now? And I sat there watching these things happen. I'm like, cool, okay, it's cool. So, yeah, hacker things. And then I, you kind of have these like little cool hacker camps, you know, the DEF CONs and stuff like this. And I was like, that's cool. Go to the big shows. I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay, I can see the balance of this. And that was 2000, you know, 2010, 11, 12. Ten years later, we're still doing the same shit. We're still going to these either big vendor conferences where they roll out all this bullshit, you know, I think I really had that moment at RSA in so 2014, 15, where John Lithgow was on stage and he had everybody, it was like a prop comic. Like he might as well have been Gallagher or freaking Carrot Top. But he's like, all right, now everybody reach under your chairs and get your flashing lights and let's all do this together. I'm like, I got to get out of this industry. I was like, I'm fucking done. Like, I can't do this. This is so stupid. I was like, we are such self-congratulatory. We do these things over and over again. Because it's fun to go to these conferences on the vendor side. Well, cool. I go to the hacker conferences. Cool. I go to those. A lot of this stuff's cool. What business problem is this solving? How dare you talk about business, man? Fuck the man. This is capitalism. I'm like, no, I get that. But somebody's got to pay us for this research and do it. Like, I'll do research on them. I'll build a business where I'll hire a bunch of hackers and we can do like you know, 20, 30% of the time. With no way, man. You're not cool enough anyway. And by the way, you're... You are cool enough because you're a white male, but we keep all everybody else out, and then we're going to talk shit about anybody that's not us, and we're so open when we're not. So I was like, yeah, this sucks too. So I just, over the last 10 years, I've just seen the same problems repeat themselves over again from both camps on the vendor side, on the core people. Things are not changing. And when I look at the Verizon data breach reports, when I've done all the data breaches that I've done, people say, wow, you must see some really cool shit. I was like, maybe one or two of them are worth talking about. You know what the rest of them are? Open RDP parts with easy to guess passwords, a new two-factor authentication, business email compromise in Office 365 where a general user had admin rights, uh, ransomware where, yeah, both of those things occurred and somebody got a foothold over, you know, SMBV1 vulnerabilities that were discovered, what, 20 years ago? Like, it's, it's the same goddamn thing over and over again. And because it's Groundhog's Day, I'm just done. Like, I can't do this anymore. And it's not that I'm done. It's just like I'm not going to continue to do the same thing. So I'm going to move on. That's why I'm leaving cybersecurity behind. Y'all can come join with me. We can start solving the business problems and, and grow up and get out of our headspace of being, you know, we're too cool for the room and, oh, we're just going to go to Black Hat and RSA because that's where the parties are. That's, again, like look at the numbers that are impacting the businesses. That has not changed year after year. It is still phishing 
business email compromise. There's all the same things are happening over and over that are impacting the bottom lines of these organizations. Now where people are going to be feeling at the top levels, they're not going to tolerate this BS anymore, and neither should we. It's time to grow up and move on and get out of this cybersecurity is the cool kids thing. We're in our teenagers. It's time like we, we got to get up and out there. We got to join the business. And we've been asking for that for years. It's finally an opportunity to do it. So I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving cybersecurity. I'm going to the business side. You're all welcome to join me. And we're going to support the business and we're going to do things around risk mitigation, about informed decisions, about the information, the data, and how it moves through the organization. And we're just going to make better business analysis decisions based on this information because we're putting a whole new level of risk around it that's not that it's new it's just never been asked of before but we finally had this opportunity so that's what i'm going to do and i'm not going to continue to do the same thing over and over again i, I just can't i just hearing the who in my head we're not going to take it thank you so much for joining us today on Cybersecurity interviews i hope that you enjoyed this interview as much as i did please go to cybersecurityinterviews.com where you can find every episode, including show notes and links for each guest. There you can also find social media links and to sign up for new episode notifications. Thanks. We'll talk soon.